the, the real point of what we're sharing on Sunday was the fact that to win, there are obstacles you must force out of the way. There are obstacles that you must take out of the way. It says, surrounded by cloud of witnesses. And all those clouds of witnesses are people who face up obstacles, they face difficulty, but they succeeded. Cloud of witnesses, but they succeeded in spite of the obstacles they were facing. We do not succeed because the way is easy. There, there, there are people who are always talking about difficulties. No nation has ever produced great men except in times of war. People who were born with silver spoons in their mouth, they don't succeed in life. People have had it so easy. Whatever they wanted, they are given, they don't succeed in life. In times of abundance, great men are not produced. Faith is produced, is generated in times of scarcity. So there are obstacles that we must crush, we must overthrow out of our lives. There are obstacles that we must overthrow out of the way. In difficult moments, we succeed in spite of the obstacles. In difficult moments, we press on in spite of obstacles. We will meet obstacles in our life. There will be temptation, there will be hardship, but we tell ourselves we will succeed. We are destined for success. We are destined for success. In spite of the hardship we meet, we tell ourselves we must succeed. The best of a man is produced under pressure. I, I, I don't know how to function when things are fine. Personally, I do not know how to function when things are fine. I am my best in time of pressure. I am my best under opposition. I am my best in scarcity. That's why he says, let us run with perseverance. 
We meet difficulties, we persevere. We think we pursue. We are opposed, we press on. We press on, we press on, we press on, we press on, we press on. We refuse to give up. And it is in pressing on that begin to release the, the hidden quality within you. You know the, the quality of a man when the man goes through trial. He said, we run with perseverance. We run with perseverance. We persevere. We press on in spite of the obstacle we are meeting. Let us run with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance. That there will be obstacles. There will be scarcity. There will be difficulties. But we press on. The 300 army uh, soldiers of, of Gideon. The Bible said they were fainting but pursuing. Fainting but pursuing. Fainting but pursuing. They press on. They press on. They press on. They press on. I wanted to develop such attitude. That's the winning attitude. And I wanted to run away from an atmosphere that complains. From an environment that always complains. The slightest difficulty that complains. Complaining, 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 complaining. Such an atmosphere cannot produce great men. And if you have such an attitude, you cannot rise to heights. We press on. We press on in spite of difficulties. Take a stand that you will not give up. Just take a stand that you will not give up. No one will make you victorious, you make yourself victorious. The way to victory has been prepared for every one of us. The only problem is with many people is that what was meant to be the secret of their success, they tend it to be the reason for their failure. That difficulty in your life was meant to be the reason why you will succeed. The secret for your success. But you turn and make it the reason why you fail. It says, strengthen your feeble knees. Your feeble arm and your weak knees. Strengthen it. I preach a lot to myself. I minister a lot to myself. I tell myself I will not give up. 
And I command my spirit to be strengthened. And I would like you to adopt such an attitude. Because as a leader, I meet obstacles that very few people meet. Because leadership is pioneering. Leadership is seeing the possibility in what men, men say is impossible. Live your life that prophesy every day that it will, it will be possible. Emerge as one of these men in the cloud of witnesses. We don't give up because there are difficulties. We rather emerge because there are difficulties. I wanted to see when they are training boxers, the training soldiers, the devil obstacle the place before them. The best is produced through hardship. The best is produced through hardship. Your best will come out. Through pressure, the pressures of life. The pressure mounted around you. Look at how they describe the Lord Jesus Christ. How he endured such opposition from sinful men. What in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was easy? Right from his pregnant, the, 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 the mother, when the mother was pregnant. The insult the mother went through. Being called an adulterer. And the husband was even about to divorce her. He had come to the mother again and again. How, how is it possible for a, man, a woman to deliver, to become pregnant without a husband, without sleeping with a man? She was insulted and insulted, and the husband could take it no more. Then hell rose against uh, the Lord Jesus Christ right from inside the womb. The Bible describes it in the book of Revelation. 
the woman that was pregnant, about to give birth, and the dragon was waiting, ready to snatch away the baby. Immediately the child was born. Look at the way he was delivered. Others are delivered in comfortable places. There was no place in the inn for him. How many of us would take that? That you are told that your father, the owner of all the inns on earth, all the hospitals on earth, Make sure that you are delivered where horses feed. Permitted to share a room with horses. Why did God not prepare the best place for Jesus? How could the father do that? The Lord of glory is about to be delivered. The creator of the ends of the earth. All things were created by him and for him. The creator has no way to be delivered. We have the slightest difficulty to complain. It is your attitude towards hardship that defines your future. It is your attitude towards hardship that defines your future. Whether you emerge or whether you, you will sink is determined how you handle all these difficulties. Born in a manger. And after his bath, look at the king is looking for all of us. How many children died because of the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> weeping, lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and there could be no more. Children were slaughtered all over the place, looking for only one person. Why did God not just send a lightning to strike uh, Herod? It was hardship, 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 because God wanted to produce the best out of his son. If you have not been, uh, you have never been put under pressure. If the circumstances of your life will never put you under pressure, put yourself under pressure. If not, you cannot imagine to be anything. If the circumstances of your life have been so comfortable then the prophecy of your life is dangerous. 
for meaning whatever you wanted you had. And therefore the inner toughness that produces champions was lacking in your life. Circumstances did not love you enough to give you hardship. Love yourself enough to put yourself under hardship. For many of you, there was never a day, one single day, that you were sent away from school. The money was ever always there. The books were always there. If you even if you misplaced this one more. How would you wait? You went through the, the, the circumstance where you were sent away from school because of 1,000 shillings and you remained at home for one month and only went back to write an exam. We run with perseverance. Many, many people, they give up people very easily. Many people don't know how do you persevere with a man and go through with that man through a crisis and cause something to emerge out of the person. We break relationships so easily. This one is not up to our standard, we threw them. Somebody said this generation knows the price of everything, but the value of nothing. If you ask, How much is this phone? People know. But after they have bought it, they don't know the value. That's why it gets stolen very fast. We labor. Go all over to win one soul. And after we have won one person, we don't know the value of that one person. We go all over, knocking at the door, knocking all over, sacrifice to win one person. And after we have brought the person in, that's all. So for the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator that we go hungry to the extent of going to the bush to look for figs when it was not the season for fig. Tell me one person 
who succeeded without difficulties. And I will tell you that that person, I heard, he will give up the, the, the success. He dropped it out very fast. That's why if you just take God distributing money, take, take, take uh, 20 billion, 50 million shillings and give a person and say, start business with it. The first thing you go is to go and buy a car of 30 million to use it going to go to work. Tell the man, take this 20,000 and start business with it. He will value every five hundred shillings that came. To produce a great man out of the Lord Jesus. And I wanted to know that before he came to earth, he separated himself from his divinity. He did not come to planet earth as God. He came in human form. He could be hungry. He could be angry. He could commit sin. That's why the Bible says he was tempted exactly the way we are. He could die. God cannot die. Take away. It is this difficulty that produces character. <laughs> that will make you to persevere. You can persevere to be near someone, to stay near somebody. When you could have given up the person. And as a result of that, God uses that person to shape your character. That which God wanted to introduce in the life of many to make them great, they, they renounced it. Many don't even know what the cross is. That which shapes you to qualify you for the crown is what many have denied. That which shapes you to make a disciple out of you is what many have denied. What will make you great? What is the ingredient for greatness? It's not all the handouts that people give us all over the place. It is that which people impose upon us. Circumstances impose upon us. Unpleasant, bitter, 
we endure them. And finally, because we did not give up, something is done in our lives. And tomorrow people will write about us. But while we were going through them, they despised us. During those period that we were enduring them, they looked down at us. All the great men that people write about are men who at one time people wrote against. All those great men that today are people that others want to copy are those that at one time nobody wanted us to share with them. Because at one time they appear to be failures. Life had imposed hardship, put scars on them. All sorts of scars on them that no one wanted us to share with them. I want us to look at, to complete what we started on Sunday. Let's look at this cloud of witnesses. The greatest lesson you can ever have is looking at the lives of others and asking, why did they become what they became? We admire the, 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 the roses. We receive roses from people. But we don't know that on the same plant, there's a flower and the thorns. You will see the flower, but there's also the thorns. And some, even in getting the flower to come and give you, they were pierced by the thorns. Have you ever asked some, come close to someone to study the hardship of the person? To study the trials of the person? To study the crisis of a person's life? And at the end you tell yourself, oh, if that's what makes him, him, who he is, I want it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. So the, the, all, all that we're handling on Sunday is that set out to succeed in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the hardship, in spite of all the hardship that you go through. You persevere. In spite of the opposition, 
You can be attacked and you crumble like John the Baptist crumbled. But you can have all the scars and tell yourself you will move on. You can wipe your tears with one hand and place your hand on the plow. One hand on the, on the plow. And move on. The tears don't make us move backward. The insult of men are not the reason why we should move backward. The scarcity of life are not the reason why we should move backward. The failures we encounter are not the reason why we should move backward. We are men who were ordained to lay their hand on the plow and never look back. And the Bible said that if we look back, his soul has no pleasure in us. So in chapter 11, the men that are called the cloud of witnesses were picked one by one. Then in chapter 12, they are all generalized and called the cloud of witnesses that surround us. No, 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 come. Starting from verse 4, let's pick some of them and say their distinctiveness. Hebrews 11, 4. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. And by faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. He offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. It's not enough to do things. We must do it well. God is not just looking for people who do things. God is not looking for people who do things. God is looking for people who do it well. God is looking for people who do it well. So men of faith are men who offer better sacrifices to God. They don't just offer sacrifices to God. It's not enough to offer sacrifices to God. 
We do not compete with people, but God compares us with people. We don't compare ourselves with people, but God compares us with others. Because the degree of our sacrifice defines our love. We don't set out to compete with people. You don't say, I'm going to do it, uh, uh, do it better than others. We don't do that. We put in our all. We put in our all. We put in our all. We don't just do our best. If you will please God, don't set out to be your best. Put in your own. Put in your own. If a man would draw God's attention to anything he does, put in your own. The sacrifices of many people, the labor of many people are rejected by God because something is lacking. The ingredient that draws God's attention is lacking. And what is the ingredient that draws God's attention? You are all. You are all. It's not enough to do things. Do it so well that when God looks at it, God will use your life as a message. God will tell others to do it like you. Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. Cain uh, killed Abel because he thought Abel was competing with him. He never knew that. Abel did not set out to outclass him. Abel just loved God and poured his all. And that's what God, uh, the, the Bible defined the offering of Abel as the first fruit and as the fat portion. Abel decided that whatever he has, he will not test it if God has not received his part. And number two, that he will not just give to God any type of animal. He will give a fat portion and the first portion. And his sacrifice drew the attention of God. And that's what faith is. It is faith that makes us to put in our all. And the Bible says, by faith he was commended as a righteous man. Righteous men put in their all. Sinners hold back. Sinners hold back.
righteous men, they are pouring their oil on the altar. Uh, in position of leadership, one of the things that is very disgusting in relationship with leaders is when a person does a thing and says, well, let me do it. After if I don't do it, who else? We don't do things because we pity people. We do things because we must pour our all to live an impact with our lives. Even at a place of prayer, if a prayer topic is given, you see people left, look right, look right, and at the end, some way reluctantly stand up. Let me just stand up so that this man who gets the prayer topic is not disgraced that nobody stood up when he gave a prayer topic. But there are those that a prayer topic is given, their heart click to it. Their, their, their passion goes uh, after what must be accomplished. Those are those who minister no, doesn't say well. Nobody has, nobody has prayed. Let me pray. But if they say let people, at least three people should pray, they will pray the first time. See, no one has prayed. Sort of again, they will start our prayer. To, right? Number two, they may even start number three. Never do anything. Because you sympathize. We don't do it because we sympathize. We do it because we must pour our own and leave an impact and produce results. If you are in leadership position and you are seeking for the sympathy of men, you will fail. Let there be people who say, let us go and die with you. Ready to die with you. Not a whole sympathize with you. Let there be people who say, as he is putting in his own, so must I put in my own. Let there be people who say, I am there pouring my own, and if God takes him today, there will be no fighting because I will still be there. Those who sympathize with you, if you are not there, the project will collapse. You are no longer there to be sympathized with. They are eyes servants. Men who can say, let us go and die with him. Men who can own a project. Men who are the owners of a vision. Men and women who own God. 
If he wants it done, it must be done. And no, not someone else will do it. I will do it. If there are others who want to do it, good. But if no one is doing it, I will still do it. Your sacrifice will commend you, will recommend you as a righteous man. Your action will speak better, far better than your words. They speak louder, louder, louder. When God set out to bless a man in leadership, God produces people that if you pull back, everything will on as if you are there. Because nobody was an eye servant. He was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. Not well of his beliefs. A man's faith is shown outwardly by his action. Show it by your action. Let your righteousness be seen through your acts. That's what Abel teaches us. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. You are not the only one who lived. Your action will remain millions of years after you are gone. So it's not enough to do things. Do it so well that it leaves an impact that the next generation has something to copy. That's what they mean by you still speak even though you have died. You are sacrificial living. And you are giving. In the pouring of your life on the altar for God. The father tired, you didn't give up. The father you were inwardly drained emotionally. And you didn't become a burden to people. The father you risked everything. You hazarded your life for a cause. The fact that God was always fast in your life. 
Can't one make Abel one of those who surround us as a cloud of witness? Why are people not producing fruits? Something is left behind. In every seed, there's something that if you take out, take the main seed, there's a very tiny thing. If you take out, plant that seed, it will never grow. Because that would make it a future plant has been taken out. It is that thing in your sacrifice, that last portion. That thing that when God sees, God says he's all came. It is that heart that follows your action. That's what produces fruits. Your impact is determined by the fact that your heart went. Your heart went. Your heart followed your action. Your heart went along with your gift. That your heart went along with your prayer. That's why Abel is still speaking to us today. He was killed because of his love for God. When has your commitment ever produced uh, provoke jealousy? Even though he died, he is alive. May, may God move us in the inside. This is one of the things that is lacking in the work of God. This is one of the things that is lacking in the life of many people. They cannot be described as men or as women who put in their all. Something is lacking. Something is lacking. It is that thing that is lacking that may be responsible for your barrenness. That your money went, but your heart did not go. That your prayer went, your fasting went, but your heart did not go. 
that even your presence was there, but your heart was not there. I want, I want some three people to pray. That which will produce a person that makes God to equate your sacrifice to righteousness. Because you are happy. Nothing was held back. You could be able to say, Lord, what else could I have put in that I have not put in? Oh Lord, if it did not happen, it's not because there's something I held back. If God can look at your life and look at the service you are carrying out for him and say that this thing did not succeed because you held something back. You are a cast to the purposes of God. If it could succeed and it did not succeed because you held something back. When God looks at you, you are disgusting with his sight. You could have become one of the, 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 the mighty men who brought victory to the purposes of God by standing firm and standing alone when others fled. But you held something back. You held something back. You could do it well. You have the capacity to do it well. But you held something back. You could put in one last bit. You even had it that you could put in. But you did not put it in. Because you said you have done your part. You held something back. Are you desperate to leave an impact with your life? Are you desperate to give an impact with your life? There is something that accounts for fruitfulness. It is a man's heart that goes along with his gift. It is when a man's action was accompanied with his heart. When your gifts came and your heart came, your prayer came along with your heart. Your presence came along with your heart. What is missing? What is lacking?
Uh, if you see, the Bible talks in Romans that people are not justified by their deeds. Here, Abel is spoken about being righteous by his deeds because his heart came alone. Your heart can come alone. You can do it so well that when God looks at it, God sees your heart. You can stand with a person totally that when God looks at it, at it, God does not see you somewhere else. You can be so involved that when God looks at you, you are not here and, and somewhere else. That the category of men who live an impact with their life, their heart follow their action. Their heart follow their gift. Their heart follow their prayer. They held nothing back. That was the life of Abel. That's why he's, he fall. He was not the only one who offered sacrifice to God. As the animals were growing, Abel thought only of God. When he saw the fatness, the fattened one, he thought only about God. He did not see the animal that he could use to improve his health. To improve so that they, 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 this best quality will remain within to improve for genetic improvement. He saw it. If it is best, it must die. It must be burned. And was given to God. And today he speaks, even though he's dead. There are those whose actions die even before they die. Nobody even remembers what he did. Because your heart never your heart did not come alone. I want three people to pray. Uh, so Abel put God first. Abel put God first. You should ask yourself, is God first? Do you always put him first? In human relationships, when there are those that you always put last, do you know such in your relationships?
If my daughter, if, if Ruth in her relationship with me does not know that the father is with us, whatever she does will be endured and not enjoyed. In human relationships, you should ask yourself who must be put first. Who must be put first? Have you defined it? The secret of Abel's life was that God was first. God was first. And practically in your life, you can make God fast. God fasting in the morning. In your use of time, God fast. In your use of money, God fast. In taking a step ahead, God fast. You will seek the will of God fast. And I wanted to know that you will never know how to put God fast without first starting with a human relationship. In the building of relationship with God, God teaches us how to do it by building a relationship with man. When you settle in your life, if a person does not know someone who symbolically is like God in his or her life, you will never learn how to put God first. That was the secret of training Samuel in the temple. So that Samuel learned to know the voice of Eli. So that the voice of God to Samuel resembled the voice of Eli. And when God called Samuel, he ran to Eli. The voice of God resembled the voice of Eli. It was only Eli who told someone, no, I am not the one this time. I'm about to hand you over to the person I was training you for. That's what it meant. I train you to recognize my voice so that one day you recognize the voice of God. Go now and lie down. If he called you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's go to the next. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because 
God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. A man who walked with God and had one passion to please God. He may not have had anything to give. But inside him, he has settled it that he will please God. Enoch settled it in his heart that he will please God in all things. Whatever he was doing, he was always asking one, he asked only one question, would God be pleased? That's what it means to walk with God. A man who walked with God has settled in his heart to please God. If you would walk with God, settle it in your heart that you will please God and please Him at all times. And not please God. He walked with God and he was no more. God took him into his immediate presence because he pleased God. He pleased God. Have you settled in your heart that you will please God? In your inward being, you have settled it. I will please God. Even think about your relationships. You have settled your heart that you will please who? Your presence is desirable to who? Because you have settled in your heart one thing. To please a person. Whom have you settled it in your heart? So that your present is pleasing to a person, is a blessing to a person, because you have settled in your heart to please. When in your life you have zero capacity to please, how can you rise to prominence? One of the marks of a servant is that he is determined to please. In your action, in whatever you do, you are determined to please. A proud person has no desire to please. You don't accept it. That's your business. We are not just out to do things. We do it to please. Set out. Set out. That you will please. Set out you will please God. 
And again, you will never learn how to place God until you have settled it in your heart. A human relationship that at all costs you will place. A child should be able to ask, how, am I committed to please my parents? Am I committed to please my parents? Look at how many wives are committed to fight their husband, displease their husband as a spiritual gift. Totally committed to this place. When your commitment is to this place, how can we ever please God? Look at people who are being led. You have a spiritual leader. You have a disciple maker. Ask yourself, the person discipling you, how committed are you to please that person? Why should the person even desire to build you? The building up of people should be done with pleasure because those who are being built are committed to please. The building up of people, that's why Paul said it in Hebrews. Obey your leaders because they watch over you as men who must give an account. He said, do it. So that their work will be with joy. Somebody can do things for you with joy. Somebody can do things for you with pain. Because he must do it. Enoch walked with God. Because Enoch was committed to place. That one made him to become one of those cloud of witness. What does it mean to please? Do everything so that at all times someone will be happy with you. Do everything so that at all times when somebody looks at it, somebody will, will say that you were conscious. You were conscious of him, you were conscious of her as you were doing it. We don't just do things, we ask, who will be pleased? Am I committed to please? In my action, am I committed to please? Uh, each time you dress, ask yourself, who will be pleased by my dress? If nobody will be pleased by the way you dress, you are a confused person. In dressing, when you pick a dress to put on, you ask, who will be pleased by what I'm putting on? My dressing will please who? <laughs> My dressing will please who? My action will please who? If I'm not present, who will feel bad? My, my absence will displace who? 
That's what it means to walk with a person. You walk with God by a commitment to place. If you are a co-worker with someone, the first commitment is to please. The first commitment is not to do things. There is almost nothing that... Uh, see, this floor can be cleaned by a robot, two of us. There's almost nothing that we do today that machine cannot do. But machine don't think about human emotions. Even in medicine, robots, robots have been made that sit down and talk to patients and ask you, what are you feeling? What is your problem? If you say, I have pain here, the robot can check your temperature, can check your pressure. But there's one missing thing. They don't think about your emotions. They don't know whether you are happy, whether you are sad. Pleasing means at every point in time, you are thinking about the person's emotion. How will God feel? If you decorate this hall, ask yourself only one thing. Who will be pleased by it? If you set out to constantly ask yourself, I'm out to please who? You will know what it means to know an intimate walk. Intimacy is, is a commitment to please. Broken intimacy means no more desire to please. When there's an overflow in a relationship, there's a commitment to please. Not just a commitment to do things. A commitment to please is an indication that you have a walk with that person. A walk with God means inwardly you have decided that you will please God at all times. A walk with someone, a relationship with someone, is a commitment that you will please. When it's not there, forget it. Don't just be a machine that does things dissociated from, from emotions. Enoch walk with God, and because Enoch pleased God, God separated him for himself. That's the distinctiveness of Enoch. He became a man. Since God wanted someone who could walk with him, who could make him happy, who could fellowship with him all the time, God took Enoch 
to be in his immediate presence. The people in the immediate presence of God are not people who are doing things. They are people who are ministering to God by pleasing God. It's the same thing in human relationships. The people in the immediate presence are not just doers of things. There are people who are conscious of the emotion of a person. A commitment to please is what it means to walk with a person. And not walk with God. You can walk with God. I want us to look at what this this what what is all this thing about the cloud of witnesses. There are people who are giants in doing things, but that's not enough. They're like the jobs around David, who brought so much pains on David's heart to the extent that even at the David's the point when David was dying. David needed to put in his will that Joab should be killed. <laughs> Activities and intimacy are two different things. If we were to pick each of the those, I thought that we were going to pick them one by one. You will see that their distinctiveness there was an ingredient. Noah that could take warning that could believe and begin to do do that which no one else would do because they have never seen a flood. Do you know what we characterize what will make you to emerge? It's not activity. There is something that should characterize your activity. There's something that should characterize your activity. Activity devoid of that thing makes you a machine and there are many believers who have become machines and therefore whatever they do will never touch the heart of god no touch the heart of men something is lacking so they can never emerge to become the giant whose lives god can direct others to and say do like him God does not want machine to do things. God wants men and women who will touch the lives of others with their hearts. I better put God first and not please God. Then you, let's stand up and pray. Let us stand up and pray.
demand, not through activities, but through your love for God. To put God first is because you love God. To please God is because you love God. That is all. Let's pray together. Then we'll pray one after another. I would like you to go and walk this teaching. Number one, even in your human relationship, it will change your life. When children have no one in their life that they want to please, they will fail in life. Many of you have problems in your discipleship because you have not come to the point that you are desperate to a disciple maker. You will never be able to please God. It is broken human relationship that has brought many people to the point that there's no passion to be anything for God. You perform initially. The, 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 the laws of success is that there must be someone that you want to please. That's one of the laws of success. When you, 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 you want to pull your whole being. You want to play with the totality of your being. You want to run with the totality of your being because there's a nation waiting. You must please them. When there's no such person in your life, you'll be a spiritual mediocre. Tony, pray that the Lord will protect us. Protect the brethren as they separate from you.